This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, football fans, it's that time of the year. Time for Baldy's Breakdowns, looking at the NFL draft, starting with the quarterback class and a rich class. And I'm coming from the war room right here in the third floor of NFL Films. It's my home away from home, especially this time of the year. I've got screens up here. I've got screens over there. i got whiteboards back there. I've got notes. I've got draft Bibles. You name it. We've got it all right here, folks. I mean, we've got everything that you need to get ready. Like, the preparation really never stops because I'm still on the phone. I'm still texting GMs, uh, coaches, guys that are breaking this stuff down, kind of cross-examining the notes. I've got the draft order and all the draft picks right here. So let's get to it. Let's get to this quarterback class because it's a rich class. It's one of the best classes we've seen in a long time. Because there's going to be quarterbacks taken at the very top of this draft, starting with the number one pick that's owned by the Carolina Panthers, who a month ago traded up from the number nine spot to the number one spot with the Chicago Bears. They they gave up a boatload of picks, draft capital, so that they could hold the number one pick. Now, I think when they made the trade, they knew exactly who they were going to take. And they didn't want that player to drop, fall, or have somebody else get a chance at taking them. Now, there's been a whole lot of uh, work that has gone into all these quarterbacks. There's been pro days. Uh, we have seen uh, David Tepper and Frank Reich and Josh McCown. We've seen the whole group, the Carolina Panthers. I think all the secretaries, they just rented one of Tepper's big jets, and they just went. They went to uh, Tuscaloosa to see Bryce Young. They were in Columbus to see C.J. Stroud. They were in Gainesville to see uh, Anthony Richardson. They they have made their rounds in doing their preparation, pro days, combines. Like, they've gone through it. i I just tell you real quick here. I, I remember Andy Reid's first year in Philadelphia, 1999. It was a rich class of quarterbacks. Maybe six went in the first round. And I remember Andy Reid telling me when he was getting ready with the number two pick in the draft, 
that every day he came into his office and he came in there early, like 4.30 in the morning early, uh, back when they had VHS tapes, he put a different tape of a different player in every day and watch it. And he just kept coming back to Donovan McNabb. And they had the second pick and they took Donovan. It was a great pick. Donovan was a great player for a decade in Philadelphia. So maybe Frank Reich in Carolina is doing that. But to me, this draft is going to start with the selection of Bryce Young. Now, if Bryce Young was six foot two and 215 pounds, the way CJ Stroud is, it'd be a runaway freight train for Bryce Young. But he's not, he's not six three. He's not 215 pounds. He's five foot ten and a whisker, and he's 204 pounds. Maybe. Maybe on a good day, he's 204. He's got a slight frame. Uh, and it's a concern. It's a concern for a lot of teams. There's just not a lot of great quarterbacks at that size in the history of this game. However, this kid is an elite thrower. He has magical presence in the pocket to feel pressure, to elude pressure, like a boxer in the middle of a ring. He could just parry these punches, just ever slight little movement to be able to make these throws. He could throw it from every angle, the way we watch Patrick Mahomes do you know, week in, week out. He can throw it sidearm over the top. He's got a nice delivery over the top. He doesn't seem, it, at least in his two years of starting at Alabama, it hasn't been an issue with him not being able to find his receivers in the middle of the field. Now, he's had a fleet, you know, group to, to throw to over the last couple of seasons. However, I don't see a lot of balls getting batted down. I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't see sight lines being obstructed because of being five foot ten, but he—he's he, an outlier. It's an anomaly. I mean, Russell Wilson is five foot ten, but Russell Wilson is also, um, you know, he—he's thick. You know, he has been able to take a hit, and until you know two years ago, he never missed a game because of an injury. So he's been sturdy. Uh, Drew Brees was under six feet tall, but Drew Brees was a, you know, state champion tennis player in uh, the great state of Texas, he had an elite feet that just were able to move and reset. And he threw between the trees and he did it as well as anybody that's ever played the game. That's Bryce Young, it, to me, is the best player in this draft. And all you have to do is his final game was the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. And he was awesome. I mean, he's just, the Kansas State was a good football team. You remember they beaten TCU during the season. Um, they were quality, they were a quality football team. Um, he had no problem going up and down the field against Kansas State, the blitz looks, um, taking shots, looking down the gun barrel, making the throws. Uh, I think he really proved himself in that game. 27 starts, 23 and four as a starter. Um, you know, he threw 80 touchdowns in those 27 starts against 12 interceptions. I mean, you, I could throw numbers and stats. The big stat is he's 5'10", 204. Um, you know, Kyler Murray was that size. He was the number one pick. Kyler Murray's had success in this league. He's gotten Arizona Cardinals to a playoff game. Um, he's also, uh, you know, he's probably faster than Bryce Young. There's probably nobody faster than a healthy Kyler Murray in his business, so he does have that going for him. But I think Bryce Young's a better thrower than football um, coming out of college than Kyler Murray was. So that's Carolina with the first pick. I, I feel like that's a match made. Now, the one thing I will say about that pick is I know Frank right. Well, uh, my brother played with Frank at Buffalo. 
I was on that team in Buffalo for a brief period of time when Frank was there backing up Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly was 6'3", 230 pounds, could have played linebacker, just as tough as can be. Um, great, great leadership ability, great leadership on the field, off the field. Loved the game, loved the game. Uh, Frank was around him the whole time. Frank was with Philip Rivers in San Diego. He was with Andrew Luck before his retirement in Indianapolis. They traded for Philip Luck in Indianapolis. They traded for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. They traded for Matt Ryan. All those guys are big pocket quarterbacks. Bryce Young isn't. So it would go against the grain of what Frank Reich has coached or played with his entire football. Even when he was at Maryland, Boomer Esiason was there. Like, he's never been around a small, short quarterback like Bryce Young. So does that say, does that factor in? And could C.J. Stroud be the starting quarterback in Carolina next year? Because that's a possibility. So let's get to C.J. Stroud, because he's a two-year starter, had 26 starts, went to playoffs at Ohio State, had probably the best receiving core of anybody when you look at Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison. You know, I mean, just elite talent. He's got two starting offensive tackles, probably first-round picks. I mean, the talent around him was ridiculous. But, you know, C.J. Stroud went to the combine, and he threw. And Daniel Jeremiah, who's our – draft scout, draft uh, guru at the at NFL Network. He was up there with Rich Eisen watching his workout. And he said that it was one of the top throwing sessions he'd ever seen. It was just that good. It was just that memorable. It was that impressive. And that's kind of like when you watch him play his last game in a loss to Georgia, where I still can't figure out how they lost to Georgia. Um, they were leading the whole game until the very end. But he was awesome in the game. Threw four touchdown passes against Georgia. Nobody threw four touchdowns against Georgia in two straight years when they won a national championship. He ran the ball really well that day. And, you know, it was something that he hadn't done a lot at Ohio State. He hadn't run very much. But he got out of the way of some of the elite pass rushers and talent, Jalen Carter and the whole group at Georgia. Um, he, he ran away from those guys. And he was really good on his feet extending plays, taking off with the ball, getting first downs, kind of what you have to be able to do in today's NFL. So, you know, C.J. Stroud is 6'3", he's 218 pounds. He's real sturdy. Uh, he's been healthy throughout his career at Ohio State. Um, his his record of touchdowns and interceptions is ridiculous. He's thrown 85 touchdowns against 12 interceptions. Um, you know, there's just nothing not to like about the way he throws the football. He did not run at the combine for whatever reason. Maybe didn't feel he needed to. Kind of like to see, is he a 4'8 guy? Is he 4'7? I don't think he runs a 4'6 or 4'5 for sure. But I'd like to kind of see what he is, just because so many quarterbacks have run. So that's my top two quarterbacks, and I feel like they're going to go one and two in no particular order to both the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. The third pick belongs to the Arizona Cardinals. They don't need a quarterback. But the Indianapolis Colts picking fourth, they do. They desperately need a quarterback. They're tired of trading for quarterbacks and getting rentals, and they need to establish a quarterback. Gardner Minshew is there. Shane Steichen is the new coach. I believe between the date 
that I'm actually taping this right now, which is April 11th, 16 days before the draft. I actually believe the Indianapolis Colts are going to make a trade with the Arizona Cardinals to make sure that they get a, the choice of the third best quarterback. So here's where things kind of change a little bit. I believe Hennon Hooker is the third best quarterback in this draft. Hennon Hooker is six foot four. He's 218 pounds. He's big, he's strong, and he's sturdy. And he transferred from Virginia Tech after three years. He went with Josh Heupel to Tennessee. And Tennessee, who had been a moribund college franchise, moribund at the depths of the SEC. Nobody talked about volunteer football. Nobody talked about Rocky Top. Peyton Manning didn't even go back to Tennessee. They were so bad. But Josh Heupel and Henry Hooker put the Tennessee Volunteers back on the map. And you can point straight to what Hendon Hooker did in his two years there. Now, there are knocks against him. He tore his ACL in mid-November against South Carolina. He's been on the men since. He hasn't run. He hasn't thrown for anybody since then. He's been mending. They say he's going to be ready at the end of June. Hennon Hooker is also 25 years old. You know, he was a five-year player at Virginia Tech, three at Virginia Tech, two at Tennessee. But with that, you get a very mature kid. You listen to Hennon Hooker talk about the foot game of football, you feel like you're talking about a guy that's been around the game, the NFL game, for five years. He can rattle off plays and formations and coverages and how to attack them. He sounds like a student of the game. And he is. That's what he is. He's a student of the game. I love him. Uh, he improved every single year that he was in college. Virginia Tech, all the way through. All the way to Tennessee. Um, two years at Tennessee, he was 15-7. and seven, And this year, the Tennessee Volunteers beat Alabama. And Henry Hooker threw five touchdowns that day. He was awesome. He might have been the best player on the field. Maybe Bryce Young, but they beat Alabama this year. Like to think that Tennessee could compete with Alabama two years ago before Henry Hooker got there, I didn't think it was even possible. Um, he's a, you have to get over the fact that he's 25. You have to get over the fact that he's coming back from a torn ACL in November, but he's going to be healthy. And I believe wherever he goes, wherever he goes, whether it's to Indianapolis, you know, whether it's to um, the Las Vegas Raiders at number seven, uh, the Tennessee Titans at 11. Uh, you could go down the list of teams that might be quarterback needy. The Minnesota Vikings at 23. Um, you could keep dropping. Hennett Hooker could very easily be taken in the first round. Uh, you get a five-year deal for him. And I believe he's capable of starting wherever he goes. That's my third best quarterback. However, if Indianapolis picks at either three or at four, I believe Anthony Richardson can be at play. He, he can be. Anthony Richardson was an absolute freak in my in the entire history of the NFL combine, which I believe started in 1985. You experts out there could, could question me on that, but I believe. 1985. I played for the Colts uh, from 88 to 91. It was going on when I was there, but it wasn't there when I came out of college in 82. So I believe 85. In, 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 but my point is, 
if it started in 1985, up until this year, in 2023, we've never, ever seen an athlete test like Anthony Richardson, ever. To be 6'4 and a quarter, 244 pounds, running a 4'4", with a 40-plus inch vertical jump, with a almost 11-foot broad jump. We've never seen an athlete like this. Lamar Jackson didn't look like this. Mike Vick didn't look like this. Carson Wentz didn't look like this. Steve Young didn't look, I mean, we've never seen an athlete look like this. But he started 13 games at Florida. Just think about this now. In 2020, he redshirted. He didn't play. 2021, he started one game at Florida. He lost. 2022, he started 12 games. And he was 6-6 six and six this year. 6-7 six and seven overall. Started off, made some highlight plays against Utah. Had a couple of really good games early on. Then kind of like saw Georgia, <laughs> like what Georgia did to every other quarterback. Like he he didn't look very good. Um, but, you know, Florida didn't have a lot of talent there. There was no Cardarius Tony. You know, there wasn't a lot of talent in Florida. So we'll cut him some flack. However, what do you get with Anthony Richardson? You get a guy who's <clears throat> so raw. You get a guy who's so talented. I hate to see him taken. If he if he would go number four to Indianapolis, and it's a possibility, a lot of people have him go number four and box drafts, all this stuff. Or if Indianapolis trade up to three to get him. They've got Gardner Minshew there. Gardner Minshew knows, knows Shane Steikens. He knows his offense. You know, there's a real possibility that that could happen. Um, Shane Steikens coming from Indianapolis or Philadelphia, where he really helped develop Jalen Hurts into, you know, a top five quarterback in the league. And he might say, look, I could do with Anthony Richardson what I did with Jalen Hurts. Now, Jalen Hurts played a lot of games at Alabama and at Oklahoma. Okay, he started an entire year at Alabama. He started an entire year at Oklahoma. He started another year at Alabama before he got benched. I mean, he played a lot of football. So it's a little different than Anthony Richardson. Just think trying to – read defenses, learn a playbook, make the audible calls, be the face of the organization. It's just a lot to ask of Anthony Richardson. But he might very well go number four to Indianapolis if he doesn't. You know, would the Las Vegas Raiders take a chance on him? Would the Tennessee Titans take a chance on him? Would Seattle, with two first-round picks, take a chance on him? Would Detroit, picking at 6-12, and 12, would they take a chance? And go, okay, Jared Goff this year, but we'll let Anthony Richardson learn. Geno Smith in Seattle, we'll let Anthony Richardson sit and learn. All those things are possible. Could Tampa Bay picking number 19 be interested? Sure. There's so many. Could Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins, I think, going into his final year, could, could Minnesota take Anthony Richardson and try to just – with Kevin O'Connell say, let's build a brand new offense with the best athlete in the NFL playing quarterback. All those are possibilities. Like, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I just don't know. He could go number th four, number three or four, all the way down to, who knows, New Orleans at 29. Could, I don't know, could Denver, with no first-round pick, trade into the first round? And could Sean Payton take it? I mean, the possibilities are endless. And then the final player is Will Levis. 
Will Levis out of Kentucky, transferred from Penn State. Um, kind of reminds me of Jay Cutler coming out of Vanderbilt. Big, big, I mean, big, strong kid. Strapping. I mean, 6'3", um, 6'3", 6'4", 230 pounds, you know, ran really well, ran in the four sevens, you know, 30, you know, jumped well, 34 inch vertical, 10 inch and a half inch broad jump, all that stuff. Um, better year in 2021 at Kentucky than 2022. Didn't have Wandale Robinson, you know, not, you know, had a good running back this year in Rodriguez. Didn't have a lot of talent around him this year. Also played banged up, but gutted, gutted it out. Played through it. Um, comes from a family of athletes uh, at all different positions. But when you listen to Will Levis talk about the game, he's impressive. He's an impressive um, player, athlete, prospect. Um, I think his best football is in front of him. I think if you surround Will Levis with a good offensive line and plenty of talent, I think he could flourish. I think he's going to go in the first round. Could he go? Number one to Indianapolis, it's possible. Could he go number four to Indianapolis? It's possible. Could he go number seven to the Raiders? Yes. Jimmy Garoppolo's there with an injury history. They might want to start developing a quarterback. Number 11 to Tennessee. I don't think that's a long Uber ride from Nashville, Tennessee, um, you know, to uh, where he played at Lexington, Kentucky. Those are all possibilities. I want to just throw out one other quarterback because he kind of reminds me of what we saw last year from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy came out of Iowa State. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He was a 262nd player taken, but he started 47 games for Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He got taken with the last pick in the seventh round by San Francisco. And after the injuries to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, he stepped in and he won his first eight games in a row, and he played at the highest of levels. Nobody saw it coming. They probably have their quarterback of the future. And so with that in mind, I watched Max Duggan play at TCU. He started 43 games at TCU. He started. I did his first start at TCU. I don't even remember who it was against, some sister of the poor. But Gary Patterson didn't start him week one, but he did start him, like the third or fourth game of his career. And he's 6'1", he's 204, he's not big. The guy ran a 4-5-2-40. I mean, that's faster than Russell Wilson ran coming out of Wisconsin. Um, his father has been coaching for 30-plus years in Iowa. You know, he's a son of a coach. Um, could he be the Brock Purdy of this draft? He's not going to be a first-round pick, not going to be a second-round pick, probably not a third round. But could Max Duggan find his way into a camp someplace and say, okay, 43 starts, been benched, didn't start right away, um, took his team to a national championship game, the Frogs, the Horned Frogs, took him to a national championship game this year. Now, they got wiped up by Georgia, but he played a great game against Michigan, you know, to get to the finals. So I watched Max Duggan play, and I go, and he's got a lot of skills. Like, he's fast. Like, he's he can extend plays. His eyes are in the right place. He knows how to read a defense. It's just a bonus pick at the quarterback picks. Baldy's breakdowns, the quarterbacks. I've covered my top six guys. There's other guys out there, Stetson Bennett. There's plenty of other guys out there that might get drafted. Um, but for right now, I'm going to stay with these six and leave it right there and let you have some fun listening to what I just talked about.